Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we work on taking the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together. We are celebrating Mother's Day all this month on Mama's Pearls, and last week was just our kickoff show, so I hope everybody had a wonderful Mother's Day, a wonderful celebration, and spent time honoring, if you yourself are a mother, honoring that time and that space of being a mother, as well as honoring your own mothers and grandmothers and the maternal lines of your family, as well as your loved ones' families. Um, Last week on the show, I had my mom on the show, which was so fun for me to be able to publicly express and celebrate my mom. And my mom is such an awesome woman, and she's just, you know, obviously been there for me my entire life, but has really been a guide for me and a mentor, a spiritual teacher, as well as a really good um, friend and cheerleader. And we basically spent Mother's Day having a last-minute impromptu sleepover at my parents' house with my sister and her family. And it was just so fun to all be together under one roof. We watched um, we watched Avatar. We basically just hung, hung out really <laughs> late into the night talking and woke up. My dad was in the kitchen. I woke up to the smell of my dad's pancakes, which are just amazing. And one by one, you know, everybody kind of falls out into the kitchen in my parents' house. I came in and my, my daughter, no, no, I'm sorry, my daughter was still sleeping, but my son was already sitting at the table, my niece, my sister, my mom, and my dad was at the, was at the stove cooking. And my dad, this is the first thing I hear when I walk in on Mother's Day. My dad goes, you know, I know it's Mother's Day, but... I was like, but what? There's no there's no but on Mother's Day. And, of course, it was, but can you run upstairs and take out the... <laughs> Sorry, that's my, that's my sister's cat who's saying hello to us. But um, so it was, it was a request. You know, Cynthia, can you go run upstairs and, and get out the paper, pl- the plastic plates and the plastic forks for Mother's Day? And I'm like, wait a minute, it's Mother's Day. I'm supposed to be kicking back. Where is everybody else? Well, it turns out the other two men, the other two dads of the family, my husband was still sleeping, and um, and my sister's husband went out uh, on, I guess, some covert operation to go get some stuff for Mother's Day. So it was my my dad, my mom, and the girls, basically, hanging out. And so there I went, marching up the stairs. And part of me is, like, getting automatically resentful, like thinking, okay, wait a minute, it's Mother's Day. I should be on the receiving end. And isn't this typical that even on Mother's Day, me, a mom, is working. And I think we, we as mom look forward to having that one day a year where we can just kick back 
and be receiving and just not having to do anything, frankly. And even after that lunch and starting off with, you know, I know it's Mother's Day, but, and then my dad starts taunting me, well, it's Mother's Day, it's not Daughter's Day. You know, if you need something done for you, basically, father your husband. You know, that's just my dad. So, you know, and then I was finding out, like, later on during the day, was watching my family and, you know, eventually my family was packing up and leaving and I automatically usually am am the one who will go upstairs and just start cleaning up after my kids. And, um, And when I started putting away my son's toys, it was like, you know, wait a minute, I am going to step back now and delegate my responsibilities and invite my husband up to to go ahead and clean, which he did, and he was like so fine and happy to do so. But it reminded me how a mother's work is really never done and reaffirmed why I want to take at least a full month, which is four shows here on on Mama's Pearls and and four blogs of the Mama's Pearls blogs and four blogs of um, M-Gems, is to really focus on what it means to be a mother and a constant nurturer and having that role um, and embracing that role. And... Again, last week when we were talking about um, with my mom, the show name was Mother May I, and the pearl of the week was Dance Upon the Tears. And to be a mother and to be in this world is to know different life cycles. And one of the life cycles that we all will eventually ourselves experience and experience around us is the cycle of death. And we were at my grandparents' unveiling and instead of at a birthday party which we were inviting to invited to and it really hit home what the pearl of the week was which was dance upon the tears because as we're standing around my parents freshly minted headstone um which they have a shared headstone and seeing them being laid to rest in their final resting place with my children and with my parents and my cousins and my my other close family, it just really hit home how precious and sacred our moments are here and how um, and how even in death there still is much life because my grandparents, who are the most most simple, sacred people really, truly only carried with them the joys of wanting their family to be together, to be happy, and to be okay. And somewhere along the line, we collectively miss that mark. And when we do, it creates something within us that is almost like a void. And so when I was thinking of last week and and this week of wanting to continue both the celebration of Mother's Day, but also to dive into further what these different spaces are that we um, encapsulate as a mother, it came up, it came to my attention that, one, that everybody is happy to celebrate Mother's Day. People have some interesting, twisted relationships with their mother, and they may feel more alienated from their parents in general, as well as even detached from their own children. So celebrating Mother's Day can be a really sore spot for us. So what do we do when we when we feel that sense of emptiness that you're not sharing in the joy that you see other other people around you are are sharing and experiencing and what does that do for you being being on that flip side and so 
I was talking with Melissa. Melissa and I now, as she's doing M Gems and is under the umbrella of Mama's Pearls, we now have weekly what we call brainwashing sessions. Most people will call it brainstorming sessions, but Melissa can never say brainstorm. She always says brainwash. So during our Monday brainwashing session, we were really going back and forth and doing some research about what is that undercurrent of what we're sensing? What is the opposite of joy? What is the opposite of being fulfilled? And we kept coming up to and finding ourselves questioning what it means to be in the void. And in the void can create almost like a blank slate, either negative or positive, because the void is really nothingness. And somehow, somewhere, we have taken that emptiness into out of its respective place and I was doing research on in um, on Wikipedia and all over the website and Buddhism really goes into discussing what the void is and the empty spaces and it's very like over textualized but in its simplest stance they're basically talking about how in that void that you you can really find yourself in a place of wisdom yet somehow somewhere especially in our modern world, we consistently look to fill that void and see the void almost as a negative space. And somehow it's, be, it's come up with a negative connotation. So this week on Mama's Pearls, we're going to be um, talking about the theme of mother's joy. And the pearl of the week is to enjoy the void. So if you'd like to join us today on Mama's Pearls, you're more than welcome to call in. The call-in number is 347-327-9450. The blog is now up and posted at www.mamaspearls.com. You can email me at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com. I'm on Twitter at Cintweet. So now diving in to this week's topic and tying in from, from last week. The other interesting fact that we learned last week about Mother's Day is that Mother's Day was founded by a woman named Anna Jarvis. Anna Jarvis was herself not married and she was not a mother, but she basically sought to um, honor the memory of her mother who had passed away with a day called Mother's Day. And I love that fact because it's a way for her to memorialize Mother's Day, as well as it's a way for us to remember that it's not only about being a mother, but also about being a daughter. And Anna Jarvis also championed this so hard and stepped outside her own zone to have to have this day acknowledged. And it wasn't until President Woodrow Wilson signed it into law that we actually even established a Mother's Day here in the United States. There is Mother's Days that are celebrated around the world, and it, it is on different days, which only reaffirms my belief that we should have an entire month dedicated to Mother's Day. So that is what we are going to dive into today. And I'm really deeply honored to introduce the, mother, the Mama's Pearls community to my dear friend, Lauren Simon. Lauren Simon... I met Lauren, oh God, quite a few years ago. She's the wife of Stephen Simon, who Stephen Simon I've mentioned on the show before, who is my friend and business partners and co-founder of the Spiritual Cinema Circle. And he brought Lauren into my life and 
my life is definitely more richer and full because she's in it. And when you get to know Lauren, you'll understand why. Lauren is a screenwriter, speaker, therapist, certified hypnotist, Reiki master, and the writer of the popular blogs, The Foodie Goes Vegan Project and The Foodie Goes Greener Project. Lauren has been counseling people internationally for many years now, helping them find their own voice and have faith in their strength. Now with her Spirit of Living Well work, all of her experiences has brought brought together in one place. She helps you trust your own instincts, confidently claim your power, and live the life you have been dreaming for. Her website is www.spiritoflivingwell.com. And last, and her Mother's Day blog posting is something not to be missed, where she also talks about having a void in your own life and how nature absolutely abhors a vacuum. So, Lauren, welcome to Mama's Pearls. I'm so happy to have you here with us. Thank you, Cynthia. I'm blushing. (laughs) You're blushing? (laughs) Blushing. Um, You easily blush. I do. Um, But you also, Cynthia, you have brought so much into our life. And um, it's interesting when you meet people that just instantly feel like family. It's such a gift. Mm -hmm. And... That is something that will come to your life no matter what. If there's anybody out there that um, experienced Mother's Day, and I know some friends of mine and some clients where Mother's Day is really hard for them. Um, Also, my daughters, they were raised by their father for 16 years alone because their mother had a mental illness. And until recently, Mother's Day for them was incredibly painful. Right. And finding people that come into our life, they you develop a new sense of family. And there's so many blessings that are brought just by other people. And you are one for our family. Thank you, darling. You're welcome. Thank you, darling. You are definitely a part of my West Coast family. And it's been just awesome. I mean, you and Stephen are just like, I mean, you guys are my friends, but you're really like a second set of parents to me. Mm-hmm. And it's true. And Stephen's been, you know, such a mentor and such a second dad. And I just feel immensely grateful. So I want to just honor you, honor your hubby, although he'll get his own show later. So we don't have to focus on him. <laughs> <laughs> and wish you a very happy Mother's Day. Thank you. We had a beautiful Mother's Day. Tell me it about was, it. I had to giggle listening to your intro about <laughs> dad, dad and how you were feeling. Yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's taken a while for me to just realize, Stephen finally said, get over yourself, honey. We're having Mother's Day. This was about three years ago. Now I get it and enjoy it. But he's like, it really isn't for you. It's for the kids to celebrate you. Right. And now I'm getting into relaxing, enjoying it, and receiving it more. But I think for some Women, receiving is a tough thing to get to. But I love what you said, you know. so hard. Yeah. 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 No, it's so hard. Go ahead. No, you're in the space right now. I love what you said. It's like, it's Mother's Day. I'm ready to receive. You know, it's about me. And I love that. I think we all need to get to that place. 
Right. I mean, it, it, it's a balance and a cycle. And when you're constantly on the giving end, you become off balance that we need to step over to the other side and also be able to receive. But as moms, especially being a mother to young children, it's really hard to kind of hold yourself back from that and to just be recipients. I mean, I look at my children and I'm constantly receiving joy and numerous gifts from them on a, on a daily basis just by observing them and just being with them. But yet to really be able to step back from that, and it's kind of funny also of having the experience of having laryngitis and, and talking about silent treatment. And I see Melissa is calling in, so <laughs> Melissa, I'm going to bring you on in a couple of minutes. But, you know, this, this, whole, this whole stringing that we've been doing on Mama's Pearls with, you know, with that experience of um, almost like feeling like you're in an awkward pause or an awkward silence, is kind of the same as watching your family step up and trying to honor you on Mother's Day. And I know a lot of other moms, you know, they didn't get a break. They were, it, it, it was just a, another day in the life for them where they were packing up the school kids' lunches, preparing for the, um, preparing for the school week, especially because it's on Sunday, and making dinner and making the arrangements. You know, it's, it's really hard. And I think because moms tend to, like, overrun the nest and the space to actually let your husband or whoever else is in your in your home and life to step up and, and do things for you. Which is so true and it's so beautiful and it reflects the energy of what you were talking about, which is the void being the void is basically an opportunity to learn how to receive. And when we're feeling that and when we're in the void, if we can look at it and reframe it in that different way that being in the void is an opportunity for stillness and it's an opportunity to receive what is lacking because nature does abhor a vacuum that other people i don't no longer have my mother in my life because of some sexual abuse in our past and her not wanting to acknowledge it and that didn't honor my healing or my daughter's healing and where we needed to go and so she isn't in our life but nature has brought me power, powerful, beautiful, intelligent, fun, creative women that have filled that void. And I only felt blessed on Mother's Day. Well, I think you say it really beautifully in your Mother's Day blog where you say, nature abhors a vacuum. When a parent is absent or abusive, whether physically or emotionally, someone or something comes in to fill that space and nurture our souls. And to me, that's just beautiful and powerful and so true. And it also touches into Mother Teresa, who, I, who I'm quoting in this week's blog, but I'm going to focus on um, during our last month of May on Mama's Pearls, is where she said, joy is, is a net of love by which you can catch souls. And to me, it's kind of like we all have this longing to be connected, a longing to feel belonging, a longing to, you know, have our space and that void that we all feel filled with something. Hopefully we find people and ways to fill it with love, but we can get 
spiral, you know, we can spiral down a negative pathway. And it's in that space, and which is oftentimes a silent, reflexive space, where we are now almost, if we're not centered, we're too busy on the outward act of putting out the call for something to come in and fill it. So with you're saying that you had a void in your life that was, you know, systemic from from um, your family situation and your relationship with your mother became strained because of it, and 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 no longer something that you wish you wish to continue with. That it's now you're looking and saying, okay, I, I understand that there is that that void in my life that my mother cannot really fill. My mother can no longer do the mothering role for me. So where else am I going to find that nurturance and support system, which I see as kind of the the crucial character traits of of being and having a mother? So you went out and found that within your friendships and within the other people that you brought into your life, and frankly now with your work that you do in helping others work through similar situations to help them fill the void in in their lives. So can you tell us a little, share a little bit more about the work that you that you now do? Well, I work basically with women and men, but mostly with women who are entering the second phase of their life and realizing that there's just some healing to be done from the first part of their life so they can really move into their power. And it has a lot to do with the power of the mind and the power of the heart in one union. Um, And understanding that void or feeling emptiness is really an opportunity for us to finally see ourselves, where in the first part of our lives, our self-esteem came from how other people viewed us. And it's essential as you grow into an adulthood to be able to get your self-esteem from inside, not how the world perceives you. And that is essential, and that's where having a void in your life is sometimes just simply the opportunity for stillness, which we as women and mothers and daughters, we of this generation, we race, 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 produce, 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 kind of for our self-esteem and and who we are in the world. But the second half, you have to go through this stillness where you can feel these emotions from the past and even sadness and when there is a lack of joy, um, to be able to feel it for a certain amount of time and be okay with that. It's okay to not be okay once in a while and to feel these emotions genuinely so that you can really move into your power and authentically feel really balanced and and have that self-esteem that really needs to be earned. Yeah, and so many people are so cons- they get so consumed by their own sadness and by the the darkness of their emotions that they just don't want to to face that they want to mask it and bury it and just they become ashamed that they're having these feelings and honestly when i was writing this week's blog and diving into this topic you know i realized right away that this isn't a light topic you know i was having my own my own issues and and darkness come up and it took me to some pretty intense emotional places and i'm i'm someone who i you know i consider myself a a pretty happy person but it's not just about 
being happy. It's about you know how we go through and facing adversity in our own lives and using that to help, like you say, build our core of self-esteem. That's so true, Cynthia. And I think as women, when we share with each other our weakness um, and men, and you share your real, genuine weakness, it not only empowers other people, but it ends up empowering yourself. And what we discover is when we are brave enough to go into those emotions and say, okay, I'm feeling really bad. This is a really dark day. I don't know why. But not to feel bad about yourself because of it, because they're genuine emotions. They can't be released unless they're felt. And if we mask them, mask them, mask them, sometimes later in life, because we're kind of taught to do that um, as we grow up in the world, you know, it's nice to be happy and it's nice to look successful and do these things and, and put your game face on and go out in the world. A lot of times we're doing catch-up when we enter into this phase of our life. And so there can be some long, dark days, but realize that when you feel it, Sometimes a shift can happen overnight and you can wake up feeling great because you genuinely sat in that emotion and felt it and didn't feel bad. Don't feel bad about yourself for not feeling up and being great and feeling, right. you know, at your best because that's not natural. Right. That that was that's funny because that's the other thing that I was thinking of when I wrote this blog because mm-hmm. you know I talk about and what we're saying is, you know, we always have the choice to to recognize the joy that that's an opportunity really to experience in every moment of our lives. And when we mm-hmm. get so busy in just carrying carrying out our day and driving our kid from one place to the other, we often forget about that. And, you know, when I'm writing that, I'm like thinking in my mind, oh, great, it's just another thing to feel badly about is that I missed an opportunity for joy. <laughs> you know? And it's another, it's another way for, like, moms to feel guilty. Fabulous. Good yes. job. Um, <laughs> but, but, but that would be it, a great but, cartoon. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I mean, we can beat ourselves up about about anything and everything and missing the moments in our child's lives and that's really what we don't want to miss out on and um you know what i see so often with moms especially young moms in the in the world that we're living in with everyone being in such a rush and so so preoccupied with our own distractions and the modern world and having to make money and to make a living and mm-hmm. and basically handle it all is that we get so tied up in the rush and the hush and the rush of our, our daily lives that we have a parent who may be present in physical form but completely absent and devoid of the experience and the joy of what it really means to be there for your kid or to even recognize a joyful look like when your kid comes screaming out from from their classroom or off the bus screaming mommy 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 yeah and for me that that's where the sorrow comes in for me and seeing that in other moms where they there's no there's no place for joy in their hearts or on their faces when they're just going about 
their day, and I wonder why that is. And a lot of it comes from a repetitive cycle from the childhoods that they grew up in. Like, you know, you said, you made a conscious effort to not repeat what you know, things with your mom. And people don't know how to do almost do different where if you had an absentee mother or you were alienated from your mother, we spoke with Dorsey Russell on silent treatment treatment about parental alienation, but when you experience that, you almost have to work even extra harder to learn how to be more fully present in your own child's life. I think it's actually easier because How? you've learned that you don't want to go there. And you realize what a gift this is to have a child and to be around. And it's almost like nature's way of doing a miracle healing is that, if you've like had a, a bad child. Yeah, you know, if you've, if you've had a parent that wasn't there for you and Stephen and I have the same issue and, you know, his mother wasn't there for him and he's so appreciative of everything I do that's nurturing to take care of him because he never had that. Um, He had all the wealth and everything you could have in Beverly Hills, but he never had what was real and genuine and a mother feeding him or cooking for him. And it was almost our first year when we were married and I'm like, he would watch every second when I'm cooking in the kitchen, and that's like my meditation time, you know. And I don't mind <laughs> people sitting around, but he would migrate just to watch every little thing. And I finally said, honey, you got to let this go. I'm glad you appreciate it, but I can't, like, have you watching every little thing. You know, this is my meditation time is to cook. But you know, so we all we all it does get that, filled up. Like a woman who cooks. <laughs> what? What is that? <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, so nature just I think naturally sometimes and so beautifully and simply takes care of our healing in ways that we don't necessarily, you know, contribute to our own doing. It just it just happens. Very cool. And you know, right, there's gonna... a lot of yeah. Hello. Okay. Hello. Good. I'm here. <laughs> Go ahead. Are there's you a here? lot of yes. Okay. Okay. And so, so you I want think to continue? that that's a... I'll just say that's a beautiful thing to recognize is that sometimes it's not all on our own shoulders. And to have faith right. in that, and that nature will take care of that. Well, I think learning how to share is is something that we do need to learn, and how not to carry everything on on our shoulders. And with that, that's a beautiful time and segue to bring Melissa in on the conversations, as I am sharing the Mama Space, Mama's Pearl Space with her. So, Melissa, are you on? I'm here. You know, I called I in just to listen, but uh, thanks for bringing me in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, so you're like the second person who's told me that um, when they call in that they just wanted to listen, and I had thought that when you did call in on the call-in number that it does give you a choice whether you want to press a button and just listen or whether you wanted to go into the queue to, to be on the show. Did you hear that when you called in? It's actually the opposite. You can press a button to speak with the host, or you can 
just listen. So I guess you That's just know that I'm here. <laughs> That's interesting. But yeah, no, because you came up on, show, on my queue. Hi, Melissa. Well, hello, guys. So how is your mother's day? Um, besides the two loads of laundry I did and the meal for eight I cooked, it was so relaxing. <laughs> oh. Exactly. To fall victim into not letting um, people do stuff for me, um, but I think that goes back to the control freak thing. You know, I can do it all, and it, that that comes with learning to let that void be silence and not um, a physical act, physical activity. Um, and, and I have a big problem with that. So that's something I've been. The more I learn about it, and more that I learn that this is natural and a good thing, I need to work on it. Right, right, and and that's something that Melissa and I were talking about also during our brainwashing session was um, that the, I love that, that by the way that made me the, laugh so much. <laughs> the brainwashing session. Yeah. yeah. Instead of storming that, I was like, I didn't know if you better. I like had to be quiet, but I was stifling my laughter. It was hilarious. Yeah. So, that so made me love our... Melissa right away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Melissa and I, we brainwash each other. So, um, <laughs> and but one of the things that we were talking about is that everything comes through that process of finding finding its void and having that space. Once you master something, and before you move on to the next thing, you're you you wind up in a space, and it's a natural cycle. And even with children, they have their own natural cycles where they're not constantly on the go, where they you know, and it's not all playtime that they have their their resting time and regrouping times before they move on to their next activity or whatever it is that they go to. And again, we get so almost threatened by that that pause that we seek to just fill it where we can't sit still, especially as moms. <laughs> or even just the word void in everyday language has a very negative connotation, which we talked right. about, you know, to void a chat, to void... You know, when we talk about voiding, it's a negative thing to do, and so it could actually—it's actually a positive thing when you look it up in, as a definition. Right. Exactly. And so I think that's important. Like Melissa, like you said, it's really hard for you, and I can relate to that because it's been really hard for me most of my life too to slow down and let things come up. And so I think if we can all just be conscious of reframing when there is a void. This, this is an opportunity to bring in something new because nature does abhor a vacuum. So you never know what's coming in. And to just try to start to be okay with being in that space and also talking about Mother's Day, I've realized when I really have worked hard at slowing down and just receiving, it makes my loved ones feel so good to be able to do something for me. Like, Melissa, if you hadn't done that laundry and maybe had the courage to ask, like Cynthia had the courage to ask her husband to come up and pick up the toys, which is really hard on Mother's Day. It's like you you kind of want them to do that anyway and know. But as adults, we know we now have to ask. And then right. he was really happy to do it. And if, Melissa, you could give yourself as much love and attention as you give everyone else and 
ask and say, could somebody do the laundry or like just, or have the courage to not do it yourself? I think those are the important steps at this phase of our life that we need to, you know, really be there and work on. And it's not easy. I've been working on it, but it gets really nice once you start to get used to it. <laughs> right. I just think, like, we're so used to being, like, mom in action mode that we'll just kind of step in and do things without giving it a second thought. You know, it's not like, it's probably not until, like, after Melissa did the laundry and cooked dinner where she was like, huh, maybe I shouldn't have have done that, you know, at least not today. You know, I just think we get so into into action mode, and it's really hard for moms in action to to not be that way, or to even like wait for your husbands to step up and do things because you know they're they're not going to do it right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not going to do it according to our standards. So it's just easier for us to do it ourselves. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Very we. Yeah, exactly. We we get we get into um into that that cycle of thinking too. And one of the things that that I was thinking of as far as how else we fill the void in our lives and how we take it down what could be negative paths but we want to keep it positive, you know, we get into the the lines of addictions. Um and one of my addictions is definitely food. And Lauren, I know you so beautifully weave in the stories of that you share with your blogs and tie it back into food. And it's something that I enjoy reading so much and seeing how you always take it there and also seeing what dishes you do bring out. And when you went to Pancakes on the Mother's Day blog, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you, well, were you know, I how... think food is a very healthy, beautiful addiction, and I I agree with you, Cynthia. I mean, I think we all have addictions, and as long as we can keep them moderate and on the healthy side, we're good. Like mm-hmm. uplifting movies and great books and food and celebrations, and yeah, I think they're good. Yeah, and well, you were saying how. For you, being in the kitchen is is almost you you get into a meditative space, and in the blogs you're always talking, which is a, a constant mama's pearls and mothering theme, is about nurturing through food, and you underwent this whole process of going vegan and what that experiment would look like for you as well as for your family around you, and um, and what has come out of that have been some really beautiful memories about you and your family that you have captured and now are passing along to to your children and stepchildren. And for me to be reading that has been been so beautiful and a, and a reminder of, one, why I wanted to do Mama's Pearls in the first place, but of also bringing it back to the kitchen. <laughs> where, where for us, yeah, where for us and, and my family growing up, Family time was so important, and our family time was usually spent around dinner and our meals at the end of the day. And I know Melissa and I were talking about, Melissa was saying how she didn't have that, and now she's so insistent about having that meal time with her kids. Oh, I love that. 
Melissa, you want to chime in on that one? Um, yeah, no, I definitely, yeah, we were talking about, I, I, I too have become, I love to immerse myself in the kitchen and it, I become in a zone. So I think making a large meal for my family, although it's work in its sense, in itself, but I enjoy presenting good food to my family. And so although I was in the kitchen, you know, working my butt off, I definitely was enjoying what I was doing. So I definitely, maybe there was a level of relaxing because I was in front of my, you know, I was using my new griddle that I got for Mother's Day. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I too feel I've made certain, you know, and what you guys were talking about earlier on in the segment, you know, Sometimes what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So those things that may have hurt you in your youth, and hurt is just a general statement. I definitely don't think it has to be such a strong hurt. But little things that you thought would would, would be fun or wanted to do as a child, you know, you fill that void as now a mother myself. I make sure to do them with my children twofold, threefold even, um, because they are important to me because I would have loved to have it as a child. So... Um, family meals and sitting down and asking my children how their day were, making them part of a conversation and not just people sitting at the table listening to adults talk, but making it very right. important to have everyone talking and making them part of the conversation. They're very important to me. Um, I had a father who worked late, and so family meals didn't always happen. And so, you know, if it means keeping my kids up a half hour later so that they can sit and enjoy dinner as a family, it's important to me. That's beautiful. What what has been your um, your place for wanting to go to the kitchen, Lauren, and share these memories? What has been my place? Yeah, like what has like what has stirred inside of you when when you do this? I think basically that life definitely has its ups and downs, and one day we can wake up, we might be dealing with something we didn't expect, that there is such comfort in wanting, even when I was a single mom for years, I had dinner on the table for my children and I to sit down together. I wanted them to have that comfort that no matter what, everything is okay, you know, come home and smell something in in the oven, that that was their stability that they are going to be taken care of and loved, and this is their stable place to be. And for me now, that fills me, that no matter what happens in the world or in our lives, because things are going to happen and you're going to experience loss and pain that might stir up something from childhood, that it is so comforting for me to do something as loving as preparing food and going into the kitchen for my loved ones. That is so calming and comforting for me. And I know I noticed on your website, Cynthia, that Gay wrote a beautiful recommendation for you after being on your show. And um, his wife, Katie, and I were talking about that very same thing, that she loves just going into the kitchen and preparing food and taking her time and just feeling the love of her hands going over the food and as she chops. And there's, you know, you can get really into this, but there's nothing like food that is prepared with love for people that you love. And what better comfort is that throughout life, 
to know you can always come home to the table no matter what you've experienced out there and need to learn and grow from. You come home to the table of family and loved ones, and you will always be fed and nurtured. I, there is such beauty in that. Well, I, I think that is probably the most optimal definition of soul food that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though, and and. In that experience, when you're you're basically sharing your joy and your want to nurture your family, that you are casting your own net of love, and you're going to catch every single soul out there in your family through food. <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> you can get you can get to anybody's you know stomachs, you know, get to anybody's good side through through a really good meal. But it's when you bring them to your center. And the family is such a, um, I mean, the the dinner table is such a symbol for that center connectedness and really filling that with rich space. You know, one of the things, the opposite side of what I see with um, with creating the voice and what I was thinking was about how we don't like to have any empty spaces in our soul or in our homes and how we'll go around and try and fill our houses with different objects and just basically to avoid having any negative space or if we see any negative space, we'll contact like a feng shui master who is supposed to be a master at, um, at, you know, turning a negative space into a positive space. But when we we, you know, all of us can get busy and fill that space, but it's when it's filled with meaning and love that it really becomes a positive space and not just a space filled with meaningless objects. And so when you're talking about bringing your family together to sit at your table, which is a sacred space in the family home, you're saying doing it with the purposeful intent of creating an interconnected experience as well as also the giving of of something from your soul through the food to go in and nurture your your children and your loved ones. And I always say that, that food is probably, besides sex, like the most intimate experiences that we can have in this life. And we're so used to filling it with just whatever we're not paying attention to what we're filling it. And we're, we're coming to an awakening about what we're filling our souls with and our bodies with. And so, so the need so, for, yeah, the need for soul yeah, food no, is that's, the need. That is so well said and beautifully said, Cynthia. And I was watching all these images as you were speaking about um, the power of feng shui and how the kitchen is almost like at the belly and the solar plexus and where the fire begins. And, you know, you can just take it to so many levels. And I was seeing a beautiful metaphor of moving into a couple, moving into a new house that was mm-hmm. bigger and better than they had ever been in but not rushing the urge to feel it with to fill it with furniture and just buy it but wait until they take a trip and find something special here and then they know the room that that went in and i was just watching that metaphor as you were you were talking about it and there's such power in that and in the subconscious image of just feeding your family food you know our subconscious right. takes in so much more than we realize 
Right, and and we rush to fill those spaces. You know, my my sister and her husband, they just moved into their new house, and um, they moved out of us. You know, apartment in in Manhattan, which is minuscule in comparison to to any house outside of Manhattan or any yeah. space. And it's just you know, and seeing them having all this empty space now, coming from you know an apartment where they they felt more cramped, it's just you know, one they feel like they can breathe and they can sigh and sprawl out, but two, it's like, oh my God, they have to get you know a couch, they have to get this, they have to get that. They have so many spaces now to fill. And it's one thing that that Val and I were talking about was for them to take the time to find what is right to bring into their home and into their space and not just to rush to fill it. I mean, so many people, they embark on building houses and they hire a contractor and they hire a designer. And the second it's it's done, it's done like to the T, to the nine, and they've spent a fortune on it. But, you know, how much mm-hmm. of that stuff has, has meaning if you're just, you know, it's in such a rush to fill it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And um and again, like you said, the the house is, is symbolic um of of who of who we are and represents the different aspects of ourselves. And, you know, I, I love spending time in the kitchen with my kids and I'm I'm all for bringing your kids into the the cooking process and now like they expect it if i i i no longer have my alone time in in the kitchen just making the meal for the family i mean my my kids are all over it which creates you know having to kind of have that meditative space as well as the action space so they don't like chop off their (laughs) face (laughs) multitasking (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Multitasking. So, um, so you know, for the remainder of Mother's Day, I was able to kind of take a step back, and you know, and at, and at some point, I started to feel guilty about like not wanting to do anything and wanting my kids to um, to kind of go off with my husband. And I think that's a really hard thing for a lot of moms and parents to balance is like and most moms will say like what what do they want for mama's day is like they just want the day off you know which makes it like almost seem like you get irritated by your kids and that to me is is a really hard feeling to to wrestle with well you know i think that the gift that's been presented today is a huge gift for moms and Mm -hmm. it's just to understand how to honor the empty spaces um how to honor the void and understand that it is a gift you know it's a sign showing that the nature is going to bring you the right things right and i think that came through really clear with your stories and um things you said and that makes me excited I love that. Cool. Cool. And the um the last part I wanted to talk about before we close off the substantive part of, of the hour here at Mama's Pearls is basically filling your need for companionship with pets. Pets are a wonderful, wonderful way to fill voids in your life. And there is really nothing like a bond that you have with your pets. Um, I know I have a cat, and my cat, Tigress, or I should say the the prettiest little princess in the world, came into my life when I was in law school. And it couldn't have been more... Yeah, yeah, my first year of law school was when I found Tigress. 
and it couldn't have been more perfect timing when I most needed like a staunch ally and a companion to just be with me. And she got me through some really tough times. And this week you had an unfortunate incident happen with your pet that must have taken you to a really, really deep, dark void. So I was hoping that you can share that that with us today. Okay, and I, I want to, and I also really want to come back to your radio show when you do about pets because I have so many stories about Salem, our black cat, who showed up to heal Brenna after sexual abuse, and he's still with us, and miracle things that have happened with our pets. But our beloved little Sophie on Mother's Day, she is a little gray ticky-tabby who we had with a litter of abandoned kittens since she was one week old. They were found in the middle of a busy freeway and um, obviously put place there to die. And the shelter that we found them, we bottle-fed them and took them home. And this one little gray ticky-tabby cat out of the litter um, would go up to Lola, our yellow lab, and everyone else, all the other kitties, when Lola would come into the room, would dash off. She would go right up and take her paw and try to study Lola's face and look at her. And Stephen, she would, she found Stephen, and Stephen didn't want us to have another pet, so he would throw her off his shoulder. And she would come scampering back up there, and he'd throw <laughs> her off again. Long story short, she has become the love of his life, Mr. I Love Dogs and I Don't Understand Cats. She is hilarious. She used to turn on the faucet to play with the water and turn it off. Um, <laughs> this is really crude, but if you're going to the restroom and she hears you, she can open the door, come in, and she knows how to flush the toilet. Because <laughs> she watches everything. She's very petite. She has cross eyes, and she has a little goatee, and she is hilarious well on mother's day i had let her out because she runs around outside a little bit during the day and all of a sudden Stephen was coming home for picking up heather and getting some goodies from this really gourmet deli for us to have and they saw a coyote up the street and he told me and then when we looked in the backyard the coyote was in the backyard um sophie never returned all day the next morning when she didn't come to the window she's never been out all night she's never done that and never not returned Stephen was sobbing I was holding him we went through a really dark day of loss of I just couldn't understand how we could fill that void without that little hilarious little thing that brought us joy sadly we can be entertained by our pets <laughs> everything that they do and felt so devastated at 5 o'clock, she showed up in the window. Apparently, she was scared enough to run really far away and go retreat, and it took her that long to come back home, but she came home. And I think I still have a little whiplash from the sadness to the joy. Right. It was pretty it's intense. The roller, And thank God she came back. I mean, the, the roller coaster that you go on as a mother is just beyond anything 
anything else. I mean, I always say that to to be a mother is to know your greatest love and your greatest fear. And that comes into play whether you are a mother to children or to furry little friends. I could have easily gone the way of being the crazy cat lady and having a million cats and a million pets if I didn't decide to fill my space up with a husband and kids. And so now I just have one cat and two goldfish. <laughs> I'm working my way up the food chain. And... um yeah, and it's just, you know, the love that you feel and attachment to um, attachment to things is really what it means to, to be a mother. And the space that our pets fill in our void is such an unconditional um, place of love and that can never that can never be replaced or or substituted and i wanted to close out the substantive part with that story because it is a reminder again of just how powerful um the void is and how we seek to fill it and how it's an example of um of a meaningful of a meaningful way to to fill your void. I'm not saying to go run out and get a ton of dogs or you know a cats, but it is it is a more healthy way. So, um, no, I just so, want to thank you really yeah. quick for saying that too, Cynthia, because I've made the void sound like it's just you know it can welcome in new things, but definitely there's life loss and things, and when you have that kind of a deep deep void, finding something to love is really a huge part of healing. So thank you for saying that. Absolutely. And and we want to fill our voids with healthy, joyful, loving, happy, and meaningful things that will keep us in a positive space rather than taking us down a negative cycle. And how and what we've talked about today is to make sure that you do acknowledge your negative spaces so you don't bury them and just pull out masks. We want you stepping into your most authentic and true powerful power, and the way to do that is to experience the, the, the darkness so you can step into the light. So, Lauren, thanks so much for, for sharing that with us. Um, and for sharing the space with us today. Melissa, I hope you have enough ammo for our M's Gems this week, which is our, our weekly Mama's Pearls takeaway. Yes, yes. You're good. You want to give us a preview? Well, definitely I want to, uh, you know, bring back this whole subject. And, you know, sometimes you just need a little help or advice on how to, how to fill that void. And I think we discussed some, all, you know, both of you guys brought in some really important and wonderful ways to fill the void. And so what we tell on is, you know, very close to void is avoid. And so instead of avoiding, it's can you, you know, do you fill the void or do you avoid the void? And that's what we'll find some tips and good advice to help uh, help people find some good ideas to fill that void. And those ideas will be posted on the Mama's Pearls website under M's Gems probably tomorrow. And now that we close out our substantive part, it's time for our fun part, Lauren. So, Lauren, I have some questions. I have some questions for you. (laughs) Nice segue, right? So I have some questions here that we do at Mama's Pearls called the Come Tell Mama questions. 
Now, for those of you listening live, the stream is going to cut off, so you'll have to go back into the archives to hear um, to hear the answers. So I'm going to invite you to do that. And Lauren, here we go. Come tell Mama. <laughs> what is your luxury indulgence? Movies. Movies. Out of these three, which one would you choose? The best sex of your life? The best meal of your life? Or the best sleep of your life? Sadly, it's sleep. (laughs) No, no, no. Not sad at all. I completely understand that. What is your favorite movie genre? Comedy, romance, horror, action, sci-fi, period piece? Uh, Romance. Romance, you are a sap. I am a big sap. (laughs) With food, do you prefer sweet or salty? Salty. Salty. What do you consider your most beautiful feature? My heart. And what is the best advice your mama ever gave you? Don't worry about it. Nice. Huh. Which which in many reasons can be taking taking you to a positive or a negative void. Yeah, so exactly. thanks. You thanks, got that. Thanks to, <laughs> yeah, thanks to Lauren's mama for so perfectly closing out. <laughs> what we are talking about. So, Lauren, my love, the babe, thank you so much for sharing this hour with us. I really, really appreciate it. I love you. And thank you, Melissa, for for chiming in, and we look forward to M's Gems. Again, everybody, Lauren can be found at www.spiritoflivingwell.com. Lauren, are you on Twitter? Yes, at Lauren's, Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N, S, Intense, I-N-T-E-N-T-S. Okay, cool. And also the other thing is with Lauren's blog is that it's nominated for Best Blog under um, Malika Chopra's Intent.com, so you can find it there and vote. And now I'm going to invite Lauren and I to get back to our day jobs. You can listen to Lauren here at the archives, and you can listen to any of the other Mama's Pearl segments at the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls. You can email me at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com. You can email Melissa at Melissa at mamaspearls.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Cintweet, that's C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. The blog can be found at www.mamaspearls.com. And again, this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls reminding you to enjoy your children, enjoy your family, say I love you, and remember that the void is not as scary as it seems. You can carry anything in it and through it that you truly desire. And hopefully you will fill your void with beautiful, beautiful, loving, loving, light, happy, and joyful things. We will talk to you next week on Mama's Pearls. Thanks again, Lauren. Thanks. Bye, Melissa.